Welcome to Growth Mindset with Mame and Kwame. If growth is what you desire, then welcome to the family. Our conversations are designed to help you overcome self-limiting beliefs, become more empowered while navigating the journey of life. And now to today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. We hope you're all doing well. I'm also fine. Kwame is doing well as well. Except the fact that I have low morale this morning. I didn't sleep early. I was on my phone. I slept after 12. And I'm tired. I want to sleep. But I can't sleep. Not to worry. I can take over. Over what? The podcast. No. I don't trust you. You need some adult supervision. To go and take a little nap and... Yeah. You need adult supervision. Because you can be very naughty. If I leave you here... I'm not sure what we're going to put out this week. Let's try this. So maybe next week, I take over the podcast. Alone. Yeah, an episode. And then the week after, Mm you also do that. And let's see the rating. How about that? No. Why? You're scared. Of? (laughs) You're scared. Scared of what? Then that's when you realize that you're nobody without me. You wish. (laughs) (laughs) You wish. But I have to be here to keep you in check. Why? Otherwise, you turn this podcast into a comedy show, and we have worked too hard to get here for you to come and mess it up in one day. So no. Although it sounds interesting, I'm not interested. Yeah, you're welcome. So guys, if it's your first time, a hearty welcome to you. We hope you stick and stay with us for the long haul. You can go back and listen to our previous episodes. So you can familiarize yourself with Kwame and his jokes, which are not funny. It's called dad jokes. And you can also get to see the intelligent side of mommy. And to our regular listeners, a hearty welcome to you as well. We hope you enjoy the episode today. It's always nice to have you guys with us. And yeah, how has your week been Kwame? Very interesting. Mm. So before that, yeah, something happened um, on our Instagram page. Mm. So during the week, I posted an artwork Mm. on the page and asked people what they see. Mm. Then the answers were really intriguing. It made me realize that life is always about perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't see anything. I just decided to put it out there and ask people. What did they see? And some of the answers we got were, um, some people said they saw faces. And uh, others said lips, like it's like a stack of faces. They've just, you know, mounted faces on top of each other. Which I think if you look at it, you could see that as well. Except you don't see anything. Nothing. So, yeah. And then others also said they saw artwork and buildings. Someone said they saw an artwork and buildings. Yeah. And then someone also said they saw a stack of cards, like uh, um, cards for um, if you go to like the casino. And you see the cards have been stacked. For me, maybe I could also say I see like a stack of books. And that's because of my perspective. I like to read. I want to learn. So I'm always thinking about books. So I think I can also say I see a stack of books. Like some are big, why, why some are small. Why is this song playing in my head? Stuck on you. <laughs> stuck on you. Because I'm on my way. <laughs> you don't know that song? It's not, it, wasn't, it wasn't sung in my generation. So... <laughs> I don't know what you are talking about, Kwame. You are too old. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a stack of stuff, you know. You could also say it's like a stack of stones, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Mm. 
But you, you don't see anything. Nothing, nothing. Mm. Anyway, we, should, we should post this again and then you guys can share your um, views. What, anyway, what the song that I was singing, mm. it, um, by Lionel Richie. So, yeah. yeah, it's for old people. <laughs> we the millennials. <laughs> we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, but it was really interesting, as mm-hmm. I said. So thanks to everyone who shared their uh, perspective on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's good for you. Because Kwame has a very low appreciation of art. Mm-hmm. Like, we go to art museums, he's looking at the stuff. And he's like, oh, that's a nice decoration. It's not just a decoration, it's a piece of art. They're trying to communicate with that. And Kwame and I get so bored that. easily yeah, while yeah. I was in there. Yeah. Mm. He just go to take pictures and I'll take my time. I can spend hours in there trying to and look like, and oh, yeah, see things. And Kwame will be like, okay, I'll wait for you outside <laughs> because I'm not done. And sometimes we pay to get in there. So I want to <laughs> utilize my money, you know. It has to be put to good use. But yeah. Maybe next time while we are entering such a place, I'll just give you... Uh, the camera or something and take, go and take the pictures yeah then uh, you can do something else mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah anyway anyways what are we discussing today Kwame so we are discussing how to choose the right course at the university mm-hmm. i.e. how to choose the right course for your bachelor's master's and um, how to choose the right course as well in terms of vocation mm-hmm. for those who are interested in um, vocational stuff yeah mm-hmm. And um, in saying this, the question as to what to study for me is very pertinent. And it's um, pertinent because whether we like it or not, there is life after school. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that whilst we enter school, we start thinking and preparing for life after school as well. Yeah. Else mm-hmm. we'll go through the system, spend four, five, one year, Six three years. Six years for medical students. Exactly. Yeah. Studying a particular course only to realize that um, this course is not useful mm-hmm. um, in the you know job market, mm-hmm. so it's very important that we think through um, some of the courses that we apply to and mm-hmm. get admitted you know to before we even uh, um, go for it in the first yeah. place. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's very important. Sometimes we just want the prestige that comes with the fact that oh you're in this university or you're studying this. It sounds nice mm-hmm. to say you're studying. Uh, maybe psychology. That's like, oh, okay. But then it's like, wait, but what will I do with it afterwards? So it's important that you don't only think of the prestige that comes with it and the fact that you're in the university. Because for me, me, for example, I think I was the first person in my entire family to go to University of Ghana. Me so too. yeah, it sounds nice to go like, oh, you're going to University of Ghana. It sounds nice. But then what exactly are you doing there? Mm. And that's what we want you to think about. Not just the fact that it sounds nice in the ears, but... After the studies, after the four years, five years, after two years, what what exactly are you going to do with what you've learned? Mm. And that's why we're having this discussion. And in saying this, I quickly like to point out that I don't know whether you agree with me on this one, but I would quickly like to point out that uh, sometimes we are the victim of our own educational system. Mm. I kind of feel like um, some of the courses that are taught in our public institutions are so outdated. Um, and it needs total overhaul. Some of them are not um, clear-cut for the job market. And the job market in itself is competitive already. You don't want to shoot yourself in the foot by going to the university to do some courses that is not ideal for the job market. So um, I think that back home, especially back home in Ghana, some of the courses in this public institution are so, so outdated. And um, we need to do our own research so that we don't fall victim to some of these courses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, 
I agree with the fact that some of the courses need like uh, updating because I, I understand that, you know, our investors were, you know, formed years ago and some of the courses were suitable for the 1950s and 1960s, but we are in 2022. And that means that what they learned for, during that time for their job markets was fantastic, but for now it's completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need to learn these things. We need more practical hands-on things that we are not getting. And then you go to the, so then you go to the university, you graduate, you have a degree, but you can't put it to you. So I agree with you. And I don't know how often the curriculum is uh, changed or updated. I, I'm, I don't have any idea on that, so I'm not going to say they don't do it often. But I think they need to maybe do it more regularly or more in line with how society is going this way. Because times have changed, you know. Back then, maybe in the 50s and the 60s, it was okay to do some courses. But now, it's not okay. When you're done, there's no use for it, you know. I don't want to go directly and mention some courses, but I'm sure our listeners will agree with us that some of the things we learned in school, we didn't use it for anything, mm, you know. Right. I remember very well when I was in, as for high school, I can say it, when I was in high school and they were teaching us some mathematics and some things and I asked my teacher, so this thing that I'm learning, like number bases, what will I use it for? And he's like, you can use it to check calendar. I'm like, but calendar is on my phone. Like, why do I need number? Like, if I work in base 12 or base 8 or something, and I can see what my date of birth was in 1976. I can check it on the internet. Why do I need to crack my head for some of these things? Instead, I could, you know, put my attention on more important things or more current things, and they are just wasting our time by learning some useless things. So, yeah, our educational system is, I feel like it's, it's failed us. I feel like it, it has failed us in some ways, but in as much as it, it may have um, wasted our time with some things, there are other things to that, to be honest, to be frank. It was good that we led, oh, yeah, sure. you know. Oh, yeah, so sure. in as much as some part may serve as a disadvantage, we can also take advantage of the past that we're good. And that is why it's important that we um, critically assess the courses we want to go and study so that the benefits can outweigh the negatives. Yeah, because in as much as the system is set up that way, mm -hmm. it's also incumbent on ourselves to mm -hmm. also do due diligence mm -hmm. in trying to know the right thing to go and then you know study because yeah. i'm not surprised that in a system like ghana i mean when it comes to um unemployment rates it keeps soaring yeah. and that's because the um students that we are churning out from our universities mm -hmm. cannot meet the demand on, of on the job, job market like, like our you know? um, labor market yeah exactly you know? so it it's, can't it's can't we can't meet it we we bring out there are a lot of graduates that graduate every year in my psychology program alone we're like at least 300 students who all graduated with a bachelor's uh, degree in psychology. But how many people, how many uh, um, um, companies or agencies can employ 300 psychologists at once? Yeah. And then in the end, we are all on the streets and some are, you else, know... Yeah doing hairdressing and other things and be, but not to say it's not no we are not to say but we are not trained for that yeah. you know what we are trained for we are not able to put it to use so yeah it's 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 sad but we need to you know do our homework well so we don't end up in such situations yeah yeah okay so now that we need to do our homeworks what would you say are some of the things we should consider or we should pay attention to in order to select 
good or right courses, so to say. So I use myself as um, an example. It's only my experience that I can say. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the people you've come into contact with. Yeah, of course. So, so for me, the first thing is um, interest. Mm-hmm. You should be interested in whatever you want to study. That's mm-hmm. the first thing for me. I am such um, an extrovert. I like to talk. Mm-hmm. I like to be around people. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mami likes to meet people, engage with people. I will say he's a social butterfly. What does that mean? Like, it's like how butterflies hop from one flower to the other. You like to hop from people to the next to the next. If we go to a party, he will talk to everybody there before we leave. And that's Kwame. Social butterfly. Just hops from people to people. So, yeah, I wanted to do something that... Um, Involved hanging around people, people talking to people, to people and all that and I, did, people. and I didn't know what that was mm. okay so i remember when i wanted to apply um, to the university my mother then said we should go and speak to someone who has expertise in that and that's because they've been through that university that i was applying to mm. that was central university and so i went to talk to this guy and he gave me a lot of perspective as to the courses on campus how it is taught and then eventually he made me settle on marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And I remember then he was also working with Anglogo Dashanti. So I was like, of wow. Course, yeah, like everybody, <laughs> Anglogo Dashanti is a, is a mining firm in yeah. Ghana. And when we hear mining, we think of gold and it's money, you know. <laughs> so everybody wants to work in the field that there's money. It's yeah. like knowing that someone is working in oil and gas. It's like, yes, me too. I want to work there, you know, because we feel like that's where the money is, you know. Yeah, yeah but anyway, I, I was interested in something. But of course, after listening to him, then I was able to narrow that down to marketing. Mm-hmm. And in saying this, we should also be careful as to who we speak to. Yeah. This is someone that was um, very knowledgeable in that, you know, sphere. That's because he's been through the system. Mm-hmm. And not just that, he graduated and also was gainfully employed so i could believe whatever he was telling me mm-hmm. and he didn't just say to me that i should go and study marketing he actually painted a broad picture to me as to the courses on campus and as i said my interest there was engaging with people you know talking to people that's what he was actually doing mm-hmm. at anglo good as well so i was like okay then it means yeah it was something so the first thing for me is be interested in something in the first Mm -hmm. place so that you don't end up spending four years of your life um, or two years or one year studying something that will be very very dreadful to you yeah yeah that's that's a good point uh for me my journey was a bit different Mm -hmm. and so i would say that start with looking into yourself you know Mm. i always bring my psychology stuff into every conversation like look within yourself what are the things that you're passionate about for you the things you have interest in Mm. the things that make you tick that motivate you and i guess for me my goal was to help people And I see the injustices in our system where maybe somebody goes to steal a goat and is giving like 15 years imprisonment. So my goal right from childhood was to be a lawyer. And I, I always used to say that I cannot stand the, um, the nonsense happening in the system. I feel like some people need to be prosecuted. People need to go to jail for some of the things they are doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So the injustices in the system was always what I was looking at. Maybe some little girl somewhere was raped by her headmaster and then they settled it at home and then the man is let Scott to go scot-free. I wasn't okay with things like that. And also at that time, my family was having a lot of court issues. Mm-hmm. So my interest was 
to go and study law so I can represent my family. Mm. You know, so that was my interest to study but law. But then your parents would have been jailed. No? <laughs> they no, they were not jailable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was my interest to study law. But like I was saying, our educational system I believe has failed us. When I wanted to study law during that time, law was not a bachelor's program in University of Ghana. I don't know if it was in other places, but I wanted to study it in Accra. It was in my school, though, yeah. Okay, I couldn't afford your school, so, yeah. yeah it was University of Ghana, ones, yeah. that was my... You yeah, poor and go to the poor schools. University of... <laughs> we are serious. We are very serious people here. It was University of Ghana that was um, my go-to place, and it, it didn't have a bachelor's program for law. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, what else can I do? So I was I spoke to my uncle. He's been to the university. My parents, unfortunately, do not have university education, so they couldn't offer me any guidance. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to my uncle, and he was like, okay, he thinks that I can study philosophy and classics. I mean, because it comes together. I could mm-hmm. have just, if philosophy was just a course, I would have taken just philosophy. The classics, I don't know what I was doing there. Mm-hmm. But philosophy, he was like, it's going to teach you critical thinking. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you analytical because mm-hmm. you do a lot of logical reasoning, you know, which is good. Which is good, yeah. Yeah, so I could start with that. And there was another course, unfortunately, I don't remember what it was, but there was another course that he also suggested for me. And then French. Because having an international language, Ghana is surrounded by French-speaking countries. So it gives you like a little bit of an upper hand. And also I got an A in French in SS. So he was like, I could study French. No, I was just, I'm, I'm just intelligent. <laughs> I'm just intelligent, Kwame. So he suggested that to me. And the unfortunate thing is when it comes to University of Ghana, I don't know why we have to sell, select three courses. Like, why can't I just take one and focus on it? You know, like in Sweden, you go, you study maybe economics or you study psychology no, or you study. You okay. Yeah. But in, in West of Ghana, you have to study maybe. But you start um, with that, right? And then later on. Yeah, but why do I have to study all the other things and drop, only to drop it in the end? Like, what's the point? Mm. You know, so the course I wanted to study was philosophy and classics. I think political science, mm. because I felt like, you know, it's related to law somehow, you know. Yeah. I mean, if it's not law, study something close, you mm. know. Political science, um, philosophy and classics, and French. Mm. That was my, the course I chose. And then these people gave me psychology. Of course, they gave me the philosophy and classics. And archaeology. Like, how do you put these three together? I, I don't know what it's supposed to do. I don't have any interest in psychology. I don't have any interest in archaeology. It was philosophy and classics I wanted to learn. That was a necessary evil, sort of. Yeah, but in the end, I realized that, okay, with psychology, I still get to meet my interest of helping people. Mm. It's just that in a different way. Mm. Not through law and being argumentative, yeah. but by listening and, you know, supporting being and empathetic. yeah, being empathetic and motivating people. Mm. So, yeah, I got to, you know, do my interest, do what I was interested in. It wasn't really for the injustice bits, but it was still helping people. But looking back today, mm-hmm. um, if you asked to do psychology today, mm-hmm. back home in Ghana, mm-hmm. for your bachelor's, would you have done that? Like, with what I know now? Yeah. Yeah, I was still, yeah now psychology would have been my, be- my first with course. With no prospect of moving outside of the country? No. Then I wouldn't do psychology. Why? Because... Like I said, each year we have about 300 psychology students graduating. 
and we don't from, have from university from of university Ghana. of Ghana. Mm. We don't have agencies. We don't have hospitals. We don't have social welfare homes. We don't have institutions that can employ three hundred people mm. at once mm. and every year. We don't have that. Mm. So I wouldn't go into a course that I know after studies I'm going to struggle to get a job. Mm. I wouldn't do that. And that's what we are saying. Don't just choose the course because it sounds nice. But think of the prospects after studies. Because, yes, I spent four years of my life studying at the university. And then if I'm done, what am I going to do with it? But before I chose this, when I was given psychology at the University of Ghana, I was thinking, what can I do with this course when I'm done? So I, I spoke to my sister. I asked her too, like, what is this psychology thing? And like, what am I supposed to do with it? You know, and my sister is a nurse. So she was like, oh, ma- but you know, mommy, actually, psychology is a good course. And she studied psychiatry during her nursing. She was like, this is a really interesting thing. Looking at you, I think you're really going to enjoy it. And even now in Ghana, um, the Ministry of Health has passed a bill that um, everybody, every hospital should have at least one psychologist. So there's prospects for you. What I didn't know is that after graduating from bachelor's, I am not a psychologist. And that's what it is. So this where, like what you said you know, plays a role that speaks to somebody, you know, it's also good to talk to somebody who has maybe gone on that path, ask them. So after your studies, what are you doing? What did you think about the course? Mm -hmm. And what do you think I can benefit from this? Is there any other area I could work? Like the guy you spoke to that studied in marketing, he was working in Anglo God Ashanti. He told you, you could also work in the bank. You could work here. You could work there. There are are two things that I also picked up from that conversation. conversation. And which was very crucial because in as much as I wanted to go to the university, mm. it was also about bread and butter for me. Mm. If I'm done with school, I need to eat. Mm-hmm. I need to look for a job. Yeah. That's the most important thing for me. I mean, nobody for- wants to go to school just to go to school. We are going to school because <laughs> we want to work and get money. It is for money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so for me, for those of us who are also coming from a humbling you know, um, background, mm. I want to get a job so I can take out my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it. So um, what I picked up from the discussion with him was that he said I should do a course mm-hmm. that would give me an, an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. I should also do a course that would give me um, a broader prospect mm-hmm. in terms of finding a job. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I also um, decided on the marketing was the fact that he told me that, I mean, with marketing, you graduate with an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. And not just that, you also have a lot of prospects. You can either work in the bank. He's working in the mining firm. Mm-hmm. He has colleagues who work in the insurance you know, um, industry. Mm-hmm. You can also work in schools, mm-hmm. private schools. Mm-hmm. And I was like... BTL. Of course, uh, marketing agency, mm-hmm. you know, work with that as well. Adver- you can work in advertising agency mm-hmm. as well and all that. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this then, looks yeah, very broad. It's like everywhere. And come to think of it, every sector needs marketing. Exactly. You need to project yourself or, you know, uh, uh, buyers to see you. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, for visibility and mm-hmm. awareness, you know why. So, mm-hmm. for me, that's why I decided on that. And indeed, right after school, I mean, all all the places that I've worked at, I've worked at NIB, proceeded to Ecobank, mm-hmm. proceeded to a marketing agency mm-hmm. before eventually I moved to Sweden. Mm-hmm. So then, whatever he told me was true, yeah. it made total sense. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's about the bread and butter. Mm-hmm. If you are going to school, mm-hmm. after that, you'd have to work. What happens? And school is for four years. Mm-hmm. It's for two years. It's for a year. You are going to work for the rest of your life. Yeah. 
what happens if you don't figure that one out so in as much as you would want to have an interest in an area ask yourself that pinching question whether or not that would also give me a better you know outcome mm-hmm. or outlook when um, i'm done with school yeah. and this brings me to the question i asked you before we started recording mm. would you study something practical or something you love if i can do both at the same time all the better mm-hmm. so if i can study something that i love which is also practical mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. but if i can have both then I'd rather study something practical, mm-hmm. not something I love. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as I said, I need to pay bills. Mm-hmm. Need I need to, to eat. I need yeah. to survive. Yeah. So what happens if I go and study like you did? Maybe I study psychology. I don't have um, plans or ambition of moving outside of the country. Mm-hmm. What happens with a course like this? Mm-hmm. If I study this, what career options do I have with mm-hmm. this? How am I going to pay the bills? You know, and we know how difficult things are. I mean, back home in Ghana right now. So for me, I'd rather, yeah, I might have a passion for maybe um, um, kids with autism. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I want to go and study psychology. Yeah. But I'd rather go and study something practical and maybe volunteer and do something exactly, that I love. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say, that I would rather study something that is practical and do something that I love. Yeah. So I would study maybe uh, something practical. I don't know, maybe IT. For mm-hmm. me, IT right now is the ish. Mm. And that's what, if I if I was 18 again, that's what I would study at it, sure. maybe. And it doesn't have to be a university. Maybe um, IPMC, oh, yeah. those institutions that have I, uh, computing, you know, software well, courses. That's what I would have studied. Because when I was working at EcoBank, I was working with the IT like um, wing of the um, bank. And most of the colleagues that I have didn't go to the university. Mm. They went to IPMC mm-hmm. to learn maybe software engineering, something, yeah. you know. Or data architect, to be a data architect. You know, and, they learned something. Um, and, yeah. And and so for me, if I was aging again, that's what I would have thought of doing, studying IT. Yeah. And then even though I have the passion for maybe helping people or even the injustices like I had initially, I would have volunteered, maybe in a law firm you know, and be working there as a volunteer or maybe mm. volunteering for the Dofsu unit of uh, Ghana Police Service or yeah, something. something. And I know there are some agencies, there are some NGOs that do things like that. Mm. I'd have volunteered there, but be doing something practical that can put food on my table. Yeah. So that is that would be my advice. Study something practical and volunteer for the things you love. I mean, if you are coming from an elite home and you can... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's fantastic for Mm. you. But for those of us who need to actually fend for ourselves, it's important that you think of the prospects after the course that you study. And in saying that, of course, um, we mentioned the fact that um, you can know more about a course by speaking to someone. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can also do your own research yeah, about it. There's and a I, lot of information on the internet these days. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't only have to talk to people. I Talking to people could sometimes give you the wrong information. You are lucky to find someone the right person, who yeah. gave you the right information. Mm-hmm. What The picture my sister painted to me was just wrong because it, it's not true. 
It's not like right after my bachelor's in psychology, I was a psychologist. I didn't know that. And I didn't do my research. And I understand. Back then, I was young. I didn't understand some of these things. And that's why we also feel like it's important for us to discuss some of these subjects in our podcast so others can also benefit from the things we didn't know before. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have gone online, done my research. What does it take to become a psychologist in Ghana? What are the job prospects for psychologists in Ghana? What can I work with? And now knowing what I know, I think a lot more times when people think of psychology, they only think of clinical psychology. Yeah. There's a lot more psychology. Myself, that's works. What I, I yeah, there's yeah. a lot more you can do. And in our setting in Ghana, I think you're going to do better in like educational psychology where you help develop curricula for students. So you can work in with like uh, Ghana Education I, Service. I also did never knew that until I moved to Sweden. Mm-hmm. That's when you started looking for jobs. And then I realized that apparently... You can actually work in the edu- educational, educational yeah. you know, system as well. And even in schools, we sometimes have those uh, school counselors and they are not really trained. Yeah. But this is where you, with your psychology background, maybe studying counseling psychology, can apply to the high schools and become counselors for them. You know, so these are some career paths that I wasn't privy to. All I knew was clinical psychology and it sounds nice. It sounds beautiful. It sounds prestigious. So that's all we think about the whole social psychology, you know, and even if you decide to go with like maybe speech therapy, that could be more practical. And now I know there are like autism homes and educational institutions springing up in the country where uh, they have people working there. They are not trained. So this is where you can sell yourself because you are the one who is trained and you can give speech therapy to those um, um, kids with autism that cannot express themselves in, in verbal terms. You can teach them how to use clarifying pedagogy where they can draw instead of talking, you know, and, and this is where you can put your skills to use. But I didn't know all these things. I didn't do my research. So before you, even if University of Ghana has thrown some bunch of courses on you, read, do your research and see what you can do with these things. If it suits your background, if it suits your interests, if it suits where you envisage yourself working with, go ahead and take it. But I think even when I wasn't interested in the psychology in the beginning, the one thing I could have done was to not take the course. To stay at home for a year and to reapply. Her pressure was too much. Yeah, not that I was also like, but what if next year when I apply, I don't even get admission at all? You know, it's, so it's very complicated. So even if University of Ghana gives you the cards, go and study this and that and that and that and that. It's not something you like, but you manage to warm yourself into it. Do your research right from when you are in school and see what you can do. It. So I think at some point, my idea was not to become a clinical psychologist or a neuropsychologist. That was my idea back then. But I decided I could be in academia because that was one thing my uncle I spoke to, he told me that in Ghana, to get a job in like a hospital or something is really hard. But in academia, they're always looking for people. And when, once you get in, you're in. That's the good thing to working in like the universities. When you're in, they don't fire you. Unless you went, go and do something about maybe sexual harassment or something that maybe they'll fire you. But if not, if you're in, you're in. The lecturers that are in this, they've been working there since 1960. You know, they don't fire them. So once you get into academia, you're safe. And that's what he told me. That's when I wanted to become a TA. That's when I wanted to do my master, do my PhD and come back and teach in Ghana. Well, that was the plan. <laughs> and it changed. I mean, it changes all the time. So, so yeah, I know. Like, so do your research and see what you can do with that. So, like I said, even with psychology, you can be in academia. And and those are some of the options that you get with the course you study. And in saying this, something just came to mind. And that's based on my own personal experience. 
I think parents would also have to help their kids decide, you Mm. know. And I remember when I wanted to go to the university, I had a conversation with my mom. Mm. And of course, my dad also came into the picture. The Mm. kind of things that my dad was suggesting was completely an utter rubbish. (laughs) For you? For me, seriously. If I had pursued that, I wouldn't have been here Mm -hmm. in the first place, you know. So it's important that our parents also help us you know, with that, because mm-hmm. we wouldn't know. I mean, f- right from high school, if you are going to pursue a bachelor's, you don't know anything. Yeah, you don't know you anything. Don't know. Seriously, yeah. you don't know anything. And I think one thing your mother really did well with was directing you to that guy that you know gave you a realistic expectation. You know, made you understand what it is on the on the ground. You know, so yeah, it's it's really good that your the parents can also guide. So if your parents also listening, or if you are. Um, someone who knows the parents who might be having, you can suggest this podcast, yeah. this episode to them. They should listen. And you also like do some research to help their kids because it's, it's the responsibility of the parents to guide the kids, you know. Or you can also yeah. be the um, course consultant in your community. Where yeah, because you, you've been to the university, university you and you know some of these, some things, of these you know? things. You can also position yourself yeah. as the one that everybody can, you know, come to for guidance as mm. to what to study. Because I remember when I was in University of Ghana, I met one of my classmates from primary school. And she said uh, she wanted to come to Legon, but she spoke to this guy. And he said Legon school fees were so expensive. And even the accommodation was like 8,000 Ghana cities and things. And I was like, no, no, it's not true. My accommodation fee plus my school fees was not even up to 1,000 Ghana. I told her it's not true. I mean, of course, we have the pens and the Ivandis and the TF hostels where they pay a lot of money. But if you're in like a quaffle or like I was, <laughs> we, we don't pay so much, you know. And then you share the room with four people and it's okay. And you don't have to pay too much. So I told her, no, it depends where you want to live. If you want to live in pens, then you pay more. If you live in the quaffle, Legon Hall, Mensa Saba Hall, you don't pay too much. And I mean, it's not like it's bad, you know. <laughs> we have the same facilities. Of course, they have better facilities, but you still have facilities that you won't die yeah. that's the thing it's not like you you're know? sleeping outside no you don't sleep outside you get a bed to sleep mm. on and every you can even perch so mm. long as you sleep and wake up it's okay you know so yeah like, you a perch are you n- yeah i perched <laughs> i perched my first semester in level 100 but i got my room in second semester so from second semester till i graduated i had my own place <laughs> did you need to say that Carmen? <laughs> don't disgrace me please okay so <laughs> So we've been talking so much about if you want to study in Ghana and what you need to pay attention to. But what if for you, your intention or your dream or goal is to study outside of Ghana? What are some of the things that you also need to consider? Of course, a lot of these things are the same. The fact that you need to study and watch yourself and look within yourself. What are you interested in and all that? But I think the... um, the studying outside of Ghana also comes with a lot more complications because we have gone through it and we, we know that it's a lot more complicated than if you're like a citizen of the country. So for some of us, we first of all need to pay attention to the requirements for the course. Do you meet the requirements? Sometimes there are language requirements. Sometimes there are other courses you should have taken. So for example, if you want to study bachelor's in Sweden, the requirements is completely different from if you want to study a master's. 
if it's, it's a bachelor's, you need to come with your senior high school certificates. They are going to ask for Swedish. If it's a Swedish language uh, course you want to study. And so you need to know what, are, what some of these requirements are and see if you meet it before you even think of applying. But you I know? think the mistake that we normally do or make is the fact that because we want to just move out of the country, we take anything. Yeah. You know, that's true. and that's one thing that I wanted to point out. Um, first of all, do not say because I want to move out, I just want to take anything. Mm-hmm. And for most or majority of us, we want to come and hopefully after the course, stay behind. Mm-hmm. So you just can't take anything because mm-hmm. you need to understand, just like my man saying, the course requirement, but most importantly for me as well, the course prospect mm-hmm. in the country that you are going to study yeah. is very, very, you know, key. Yeah. I know a friend who moved outside of Ghana. They were in a hurry to move and study elsewhere. It didn't matter the country. It didn't matter the, I mean, course. the course, anything. They just wanted to move out. So they didn't care selling all their stuff to just, you know, move out. Mm-hmm. Just to go and then pursue this course and then realize that I cannot stay here mm-hmm. because I can't speak the language because there are no the prospects. Course, I can't use it for anything. anything. I need to come back to God. How do you start again? So mm-hmm. this one, seriously, I wish we can trumpet that enough because a lot more time we've been getting a lot of questions as yeah. to, oh, I want to study in Sweden. Okay, what course do you want to study? I want to study this course. But after that, I'm hoping that I stay behind to work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's very, very difficult for you to tell the person that this course will not cut <laughs> Here in Sweden. Yeah, and sometimes it's, you don't also want to be like you're discouraging the somebody. Person. And so we try to be diplomatic about it. But um, so like Kwame is saying, it's very important that you look at the job prospects of the course you're coming to study. You don't expect to come to a country like Sweden and study a course that maybe is targeted at Ghana and then want to use it to work in Ghana. And another thing too that we always do as uh, maybe internationals when we come to Sweden, I'm going to focus on Ghanaians. A lot more times, Swedish master's education involves that we do a thesis. We end up doing a thesis with Ghanaian sample, doing Ghanaian topics. And then when we are done, our goal is to use you know, the degree we've earned to work in Sweden. But everything we did, we looked at it from Ghana. So how do you want to use this to work here? Mm. So if you're a student listening to us and you are doing your thesis, make sure you do something that can be related to Sweden. I did my thesis with Swedish participants. First of all, I think I even wanted to do it in Ghana, but I was thinking of the cost involved and I was like, I'll just do it in Sweden. But now knowing what I know, it makes so much sense that I did it with Swedish participants, realizing that I wanted to stay in Sweden. If your goal is to go back to Ghana, and to work in Ghana, and you do your thesis with Ghanaian participants and Ghanaian um, maybe problems, trying to find solutions to Ghanaian problems, that is fantastic. That is like just the right way to go. But if your goal is to stay in Sweden or whichever country you find yourself in and to work there after your studies, do something that will be applicable in the country you find yourself. So that is that's the the first thing for you to even think of. Don't be quick to... And believe whatever you read from the university's website. Yeah, they always and make their courses <laughs> sound like oh, it's so international. <laughs> Sweden is very international. It's not true. I mean, you you shouldn't take it with a pinch of salt. That's and marketing. Go, yeah, and go and then do your own 
research mm-hmm. about the course and then the career prospect that it has. Because every institution here in Sweden and of course across Europe would have their course and most importantly would have um, alumni mm-hmm. who also have gone through the course and they are working elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But a lot more times what you don't know is whether or not that said alumni is from the said country yeah. or has some... What are their circumstances? Exactly. Because it's totally different. a lot more times for those of us coming from the African continent into Europe to come and study, we need working permits, we need residence permits. So after studies, or you even need to speak like if you're in Sweden, speak Swedish or in Germany, you need to speak German in order to get a good job. You know, if you don't speak Swedish... Also, you need working permits. It means like your situation is not going to be as easy as that Swedish alumni who graduated and got a job the next day, Mm -hmm. you know. So you need to weigh some of these differences, you know. Another thing to that I'll say is before you even choose the course you want to study, study the job market. Look within, for example, if you're coming to study in Sweden. Your interest, like Kwame, is in marketing or business administration-related courses. What does the job market for business administration look like in Sweden? What are some of the job requirements? Like, what are some of the backgrounds Mm -hmm. you should have? Maybe uh, courses you should have studied. And then see how that fits into the master's or bachelor's program you want to come and study. So if maybe they're asking for somebody who knows about um, social media marketing, someone who knows about SEO, I'm using Kwame's terms because (laughs) he talks about them all the time, you know, you should know some of these things. Is this something that I I would have learned in my master's or my bachelor's? If it is not, can I learn some of these things on the side, maybe from Coursera or some online um, um, sources? Can I learn some of these things? And then can I add that together with my master's and now get a job? Mm. You need to think about some of these things. With my background as well, because it is my psychology field, I know what is involved. If you want to work with people with autism and uh, Down syndrome, Asperger's and, and all the others, you have to read what the job requirements are. First of all, it's Swedish. <laughs> so that is the first thing to consider if you want to work in this field Swedish if you don't know Swedish it's not for you then maybe you can look into HR or other things you know but if you want to work specifically with these kind of people people with mental disabilities with um um addiction I was going to say it in Swedish with addiction problems if you want to work with people like that first of all you need to learn Swedish you need to know um Oh, how do I say it in English? Leg affective behavior. I don't know. <laughs> um, low affective behavior, I guess. Something. something like that. You need to know some of these um, um, clarifying pedagogy. You need to know about motivated interviews. You need to know these things because this is what is used when it comes to these job roles in Sweden. So you need to look at these things. And if it is HR you're interested in, how does the HR market look like in Sweden? Sometimes they go like you should know some legal aspects when it comes oh, yeah. to recruiting. Mm. How do I get some of these um, experiences or um, um, 
background in order to work within this field. Maybe as you're studying your master's, you can take a freestanding course from the school of uh, law, mm. you know, from the law school. And mm. then you get to learn that thing as well to suit your background. Or maybe as you are doing your master's, you can be studying Swedish on the side so that by the time you're done with your master's, you have Swedish and you can put it together to get into the job market. So you really need to study. I know for Kwame as well, if, I think the course you studied, now you, you have... Should I say regrets or like you wish you had done something else? Oh, yeah, of, yeah. of course. I because initially when I was I wanted to come to Sweden, I applied for I think international marketing and brand management. I it was put on the waiting, waiting list. list. Yeah. So the second time, like no, I need to um, apply for another course, which mm. was service management. That's why I did because it had elements and traces of marketing in there. So mm. that's why it was I like a. a a wide variety of topics so it yeah. gives you broad competence exactly yeah. in terms of that too mm. so that's why i decided to do that mm. but i was telling you that this morning we're having a conversation yeah. i was telling you that if i had known when i came i'd, I would have applied for the international marketing and brand management mm-hmm. and go go and then pursue that instead mm-hmm. and that's because i felt like that was going to give me a better career mm-hmm. prospect as compared to what i did yeah i have a background in marketing from ghana unfortunately per my experience i don't know anybody else's experience but with my experience unfortunately it's like here in sweden um if you have an experience outside of the eu it's very very difficult for you to penetrate and get people to understand that this is an experience worthy enough of the job market it's like it's not recognized enough enough yeah if the experience you have is outside of the eu it's like or unless no unless that. you've worked with an international brand yeah. that they know, mm. then that's when. So for me, I felt like the course was what was going to get me in there. If you see the course and see that international marketing and brand management, then it's like, oh, okay. I mean, then you understand a bit of um, internationalization, especially for those of us who were applying for English speaking jobs. Mm-hmm. They want them to know because a lot of time the requirement is you should understand the concept of internationalization and stuff mm-hmm. like that because you'll be working with other internationals, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go pursue something like that. So that's one of the regrets that I have. Mm-hmm. And coupled with the fact that I didn't think my course was going to be that academic. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have practical traces. Yeah. Unfortunately, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. And today, as I sit here, I always say that I really want to go and then do an MBA. Yeah. Because I felt like, like... That's more practical. <laughs> that's more practical. You know, that, that would um, suit me well as compared mm-hmm. to what I did. Yes, I did. I've gotten the certificate, fair enough. But mm-hmm. if, with the benefit of hindsight, if I'm asked to do another course today, I was, I, there's no way I would go for the course that I studied. You mm-hmm. know, so that's what... And mommy was highlighting earlier that you need to understand the job market, the labor market that you are coming into. Okay, yeah. And if it's a place that you want to stay yeah. after school, then you should also ask yourself whether this course, because I read on my website, that's why I, I told, uh, I said whatever I said. I read on our website, it was showing a lot of career prospects in terms of the course. But for me, with my experience, um, it was difficult mm-hmm. to find a job with that course. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you do your homework well and not believe Anything else that's on, you know, the yeah institution's website. website. They always make it sound really pleasant. But yeah, so like I was saying, it's always good if you know where you want to work and you see some of the requirements, their access, all the uh, qualities they want to see in job the job applicants. You can take free standing courses mm. that is available 
to supplements the course you're already taking. But most importantly, do your research. See the, how the job market is in the country that you find yourself and see how you can, you know, choose courses that will make it easier for you to get into the job market. Because as it is, the job market is really hard to get into in every country. And yeah, it's not just in Ghana. It's really, it's really hard to get into the job market. So make it a bit easier for yourself. And also with those of us belonging to like uh, the ethnic minority groups, we face a lot of discrimination. And that's the truth. That is the honest truth. Psychology has made all of us know that people have implicit biases, unconscious biases. They have biases that they're not even aware of that they have, which affects some people like, like you and I, you know, it affects us in a very, very, um, drastic way than it affects other people. So you want to place yourself in good stead in a position where you just cannot be bypassed. Mm. And that means you select a course that puts you like, uh, makes it easier for you to get into the job market. Take courses, you know, as yeah, you're doing your main program, take other courses that gives you a better standing. Learn the language, very, very important, especially if you find yourself in a non-English language speaking country. Learn the language of the country in which you find yourself. And also try and get some experience, you know. Mm, Sometimes uh, during your um, your studies, yeah, or long vacation, especially during summer where we have like two months vacation. Look for internships, summer jobs, students' jobs, you know, no, no, that no. is related to where you want to work. Don't just think of maybe because it's a summer vacation, I need some money. I'm going to clean some um, store because uh, I need money. Don't, don't just don't look have at the, that. Um, hustlers like kind of mindset yeah. where it's like, I just want to do anything to just make money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important for you to think about what you want to do after school. Mm-hmm. And mommy always says something that. Um, if it is maybe cleaning that I want to do, mm-hmm. do I want to do cleaning for the rest of yeah. my life? No, that's not what you want to mm-hmm. do. So just focus on what you are doing, especially for those who move um, outside of their home countries with scholarship. At least you have a little luxury, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, you have money coming in monthly. Exactly. So you can take internships here and there. Even if it's unpaid, you are yeah. good to go. You Volunteer. Know? Exactly. You know, do something, something related to your field. And then it makes it easier for you. The reason why some somebody like me may be getting some chances in my field is because of that one job I did when I was in school, you know, where I was a personal assistant to somebody with autism. Mm. And then it gives you a better, you know, placing because they know you understand the working market in Sweden. You understand, you know, these health uh, challenges mm. in as much as you understand it theoretically, you also understand the practical. So it's very important that we, you know, Look at some of these things, yeah. But another honest truth mm-hmm. is that when you are moving outside mm-hmm. to study and you hear that, oh, we speak a different language, but... Everybody speaks, speaks English. English. So you can still get English-speaking English jobs. Please. Take it with a pinch of salt. A big one. <laughs> Take that one. <laughs> with a cup of salt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody speaks English, Yes majority of the jobs that will be advertised will be in their yeah. local language, mm. you know. So then what do you do? Mm. 
seriously, what the, do you the do? The ones that are in English, everybody's looking for it. Very mind, you're not the only one. Who, just like you think you speak English, yeah, everybody, everybody else speaks else. English. The English native speakers are there. The Sweden, for example, Swedish people also speak English. Everybody speaks English, so all of you are looking for that same job. So it's, it makes it very, very competitive. Yeah. This is where if you have some experience, you've done some volunteering in the country, you've it taken helps. some other courses, courses. during your bachelor's, uh, during, uh, during yeah. your master's. master's, you've learned the Swedish language. Then it's like, okay, you have a lot going for you than someone who just maybe speaks the language and that's all. So this is where you can have that competitive advantage. But yes, pay attention to the course. Make sure it's something that you enjoy. Make sure it's something that can get you into the job market, you know, because we don't just go to school for school. In the end, we want to work with it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why our society is structured that way where we have to work. Why can't we just sit at home and the government just gives us money? Like, <laughs> for who to go and work and for who to pay taxes? I don't know, but they should mm-hmm. just be printing money and we just sit at home, you know, like, but yeah, unfortunately, that's not how it is. Yeah. We have to work. So you have to, you know, do something that can help you get work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of the discussion. Yeah, that's quite um, brief, right? Yeah. Yeah, but... Not as brief, but I think we had we hit on a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. but for me, it, uh, we shouldn't overemphasize the point. Mm-hmm. It's um, important that we, we think about some of these things before we make this, you know, decisions. Mm-hmm. And finally, I, I don't want to belabor this point as well, but I still want to stress the fact that don't just study a course for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Don't just move outside of your home country because I just want to go um, and live elsewhere. It's difficult. You understand it's difficult, but take your time. The end justifies the means, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether Kwame and Mami are living in Sweden and you are living in Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya now. You can also plan such that at the end, we'll all be living somewhere and you'll also have better career prospects, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. That is if you take time to plan. But a lot more times, we just jump into the boat and because it's going somewhere, we're like, okay, let's go because somewhere is better than this place. Yeah. So let's just The move. grass always looks greener on, on the, the other side. side. But until you get there, you realize that it's astroturf. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not grass. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But before we leave, I would also want to, you know, leave you guys with this, that especially doing maybe your bachelor's which was the case for you and i back home when you're choosing the course you want to study don't just choose it looking at the surrounding in which you find yourself don't just do courses because in ghana that is what is trending do courses that can also place you on the international front Mm. something that can make you stand out now when you have to compete with other people with other backgrounds so think outside of the setting in which you find yourself think outside of your country learn something not just with your country in mind but with your future in mind and like we said earlier now the future is tech try some way somehow you can learn some courses online you can learn some courses on your own from youtube there are a lot of online uh, portals now that you can take courses from take some of these courses and give yourself that upper hand and don't just restrict yourself to your country look outside of the box think outside of your country think think about your future yes like kwame said think global we leave you with that yeah yeah so i guess that brings us to the end of today's episode we hope you enjoy the conversation 
and enjoy the rest of your week wherever you are. Have a nice time and until next time, hey door. Bye. <laughs>